Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere, anytime on the Odyssey app. It's 509 here at the station, 81 degrees with that haze outside. You know, the air's bad. It's a red flag warning. Uh, be careful out there, if you, especially if you have respiratory issues. I, I know I have some issues with my lungs, uh, and I'm feeling it, so I'm sure a lot of you are feeling it. You know, my wife and kids have allergies. They, they, they are feeling it as well. So, again, I'm sure you are. And with the last caller, we were talking about this uh, this uh, Supreme Court decision that, that basically ends affirmative action in our colleges. And, and like I pointed out, 25 years ago, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor um, saw this coming. She, she saw the writing on the wall, and, you know, she's, she's uh, you know, idolized by the left as, as a, one of the models of a Supreme Court justice. And in her opinion— in the Grutter versus Bollinger, Sandra Day O'Connor included that, yes, affirmative action in college admissions is justifiable, but not in perpetuity. We expect that 25 years from now, the use of racial preferences will no longer be necessary to further the interest in the student body diversity. And to say that black Americans, Hispanic Americans, and the big forgetful part here is the Asian American community are a minority community. And they seem to be separated from other minority communities when it comes to this because they're successful and and do the things necessary to be successful. And so do black Americans, so do Hispanic Americans. And to say that they need extra help because they're black, because they're Hispanic, is just showing your discrimination against these communities because they are able. Yes, they have obstacles, but everyone has obstacles. Like I said, I grew up in the inner city in New York City, poor, getting every kind of uh, financial aid my family could get at that time. We sh- I shared a room with my two brothers. You know, we, we never had our own room. I, I bought my first car at the age of 27, my first new car. Um, so I, I know what it's like. And, you know, both myself and my two brothers do very well now. And, and it's because we had to great upbringing. We had parents that were involved. We had parents that stayed together. And, uh, you know, it's not a perfect situation. You know, my dad was an alcoholic when I was a kid. At the age, I think I was like eight or nine, he became a recovering alcoholic and never drank again for the entirety of my life after that. Uh, He wasn't abusive in any way. You know, he was just an alcoholic. He he liked his beer, uh, saw it to be a problem, and stopped it. And like I said, that happened when I was the age of eight or nine. But I remember him drinking when I was a kid. Um, you know, so it, it wasn't the perfect life, but we made decisions back then. My family, I should say, made decisions that my mom would be a stay-at-home mom because three boys in, inside New York City, you know, was a, was a, a remedy for trouble, was, was the, the perpetuary for trouble, you know, to get in trouble. So she made it a point that she was going to stay home. She was going to stay watch over us. She was going to make sure we went to school every day. She was going to make sure we did the right things. And she was no doubt the enforcer, you know, up until uh, up until she passed away, you know, here in, in Madisonville Township, Pennsylvania. Um, and, and I applaud them for the sacrifice they made. My dad worked, t- t- you know, three and four jobs at a time to make ends meet. And again, they were very meager ends. You know, we never I went on my first plane at the age of 19 that I paid for my ticket myself. I didn't go to Disney World to the age of 19 or 20. Um you know, that I paid for myself. It's not like we went on trips. I think the, the, the most lavish vacation we went on 
as family, as kids, was, uh, you know, a motel in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, so, yes, people do overcome adversary, and that makes you better. It makes you stronger. And there's plenty of people in the black community. There's plenty of people in the Latino community that do it day in and day out. My wife is 100% Hispanic. She's done great in her life. My kids are 50% Hispanic. They, you, you hear about them all the time. They all do wonders. But when it comes to this type of admissions, I, I want to prove a point today that happened today. Now, I know this court case just came down today. But today is, is I-Day at the United States Naval Academy. It's called Induction Day. It's where the members of the class of 2027 report to the Naval Academy. They get stripped of all their civilian attire, all their civilian belongings. They have nothing, not even a toothbrush. They walk in. Everything that's on them gets stuffed in a bag that's taken from them, and they are issued everything that they will need for the rest of their lives. But today was I. The families are down there. They drop them off. They go through this induction day. They get measured. They get fitted for their Dixie Cup outfits. You know the the Navy um, uniforms that you're used to seeing with the with the blue handkerchief and the little Dixie hat, Dixie Cup hat, and the, the bell bottom pants, the white sneakers. And today starts their their plebe summer, which is two months of extreme stripping them of their personal identities and turning them into a United States Naval officer. Um, They show a slide to the parents. As all this is going on, there's things for the parents to do while they're down there. And today's slide is, you know, class of 2027 facts. And it goes through a list of bullet points for the facts. There's five bullet points for the facts of the class of 2027. There were 14,727 applicants, applications received. Every state and D.C., America, Samoa, Guam, Puerto Rico, Northern Mariana Islands represented. The class size is 1,161 U.S. and 15 international students. So out of 14,727 applications, 1,161 people were appointed to the United States Naval Academy and it reported today. The next bullet point is a record high 31% women. The next bullet point is record high 45% minority. Now I ask you, this is the officers for our fighting force in the United States Navy. Why does that matter? Why is that your fourth and fifth most prevalent bullet point to show parents today? Because your gender and the minority status matters in academia. The United States Naval Academy is no date, no doubt, you know, an academic facility to train future naval officers. But just the fact that that was the two of the top five bullet points that they showed parents today proves my point on how our government, academia, employers have pushed this, you know, we need to hire more women, we need to hire more minorities, and I'm sorry, but yes, other people are getting discriminated against because of that. Now, you look at some other things. In the four years at the Naval Academy, there's two semesters, like any college, there's two semesters a year, so that's eight semesters that you're at the Naval Academy for. They have a thing. There's a chain of command within the midshipmen themselves, the students. They're called midshipmen. And they have a brigade commander. It's basically the midshipmen that's in charge of all 4,000 people that are at the Naval Academy on a student level. They're like the head of the student body, let's say, if, if, you know, to bring it more, it's more regimental, it's more, you know, 
military-like, but to, to put it in simple terms, they're like the, the student body president. There's brigade commanders. So in four years, there's eight of them. In the four years that I've monitored it, there were six brigade commanders who were women. And that's a great accomplishment. It's a great thing. But the Naval Academy, the 4,000 students that are there, usually it's about 1,000 people per class, is only 25% women. So to have six out of eight brigade commanders over four years is statistically impossible unless it's artificially manipulated. And it's something I noticed. It's something a lot of people notice. They just shrug their shoulders. It's not a big deal. Who cares? They get to say they have another woman brigade commander. But it does matter because look at the qualified males that are being passed over because they want to say those things. And again, with the Naval Academy, 4,000 members is only 25% women. To have six out of eight brigade commanders is just statistically impossible without artificial manipulation. And these are things that go on in the real world. This is just a sample that I can show you in a government organization that's plain and blatant. This is happening in employers. This is happening in schools all across the country. This is happening everywhere. And these are the type of things that today's court said. These are the kind of things that today's court said enough's enough. And they did give the leeway to where they can skirt that. And again, universities are already doing away with standardized testings. Like this, the very metrics that let us know how good a student is. And yes, you do not have to need a perfect SAT score to be successful. That's without a doubt. You do not need a perfect 4.0. But school is a metric on how you adapt to things, how you accept information, how you relay that information, how much you absorb that information. That's all school is. But if you're putting people in positions that they shouldn't be in based on their demographics and not ability, that's wrong. So I saw it firsthand. I just described it. And this is just today. Today is I Day at the United States Naval Academy. You know, I applaud the 1,161 young men and women who were down there of all races, of all demographics, of all economic backgrounds who want to serve our country as naval officers and Marine officers. But these are the things that we'll see. Is uh, And exactly, I just got a text message in, Rob, if 45% of minority in the United States Naval Academy, then minorities are overrepresented as, as minorities are only 40 to, uh, 40% of a general population. And it, it, if they are or if they're not, you know, that's not the focus. The focus is the fact that they're highlighting that. Like that's their metric that they want to show people. Look at us. We have 31% women. It's a record high. We have... minority, that's a record high. That shouldn't be the metric for a fighting force that is becoming a uniform body. Everyone's the same. Everyone makes the same money. Everyone wears the same uniform. Everybody has the same values. Everybody has the same manuals. It's not about individualism when you're in the military. It's about being part of that unit. And the military is a unit as a whole. 
And when they talk about things like this, you're talking about individualism. You're talking about making people different. That's not what it's about. And when you talk to people, if you know people who are in the military, they don't care what color, what sex the person to the right or left they are. They just care that they're fighting in the same direction and they have the same capabilities. And if something happens, they're there to save their back. And that's what our military should be about. It's 521 here at WILK. It's time for traffic and weather. Hey, thanks, Rob. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update. We have a jam on 81 southbound through the Scranton area. That's because of a wreck that happened near the music area on 81 southbound. There is some slowing coming northbound on 81 as well. And we have a wreck over on North Main Avenue by Parker Street in Scranton. Construction on Kaiser Avenue in Taylor, right by the on-ramp to the turnpike, that is also causing some delays. And, of course, heading through that construction, Waverly to Lenox, it is pretty messy where you're barely moving at all on 81 northbound and 80 west has road work. That's causing issues, too, in the Bloomsburg area. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone. W-I-L-K traffic. Took a second. I took a second. I don't remember where We're I gonna was. Put a sticker. We're going to put a sticker right in front of you there. <laughs> it's not going to help me. You it's know that. <laughs> uh, here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, partly cloudy, smoky, hazy sky, low 60. Friday, hazy, sunshine and rain, storms, late in the day, high 87. Saturday, partly sunny with spotty showers and storms. High 82. Sunday, partly sunny with spotty showers and storms. High 83. It's currently 81 degrees and hazy with that red flag warning outside. It's 522 here at your official weather station, WILK. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 526. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Get involved with the last half-hour conversation of the show today. Let's go to the phone. We have uh, Joe from Berwick on the Supreme Court. Joe. Uh, hello. Thanks for having me on, Rob. Hey, you know uh, something? I, I know she's busy raising children all now and being a mom, but I really miss Candace Owens. And, and, and here's why I'm just asking her if she'd come out of retirement for us for a little bit. I heard what you said earlier about Harvard and this little statement of theirs where they say, oh, but we, we want a diversity of of opinions and viewpoints and narratives, right? They always say that, even though when you look at their actual results, they only have uh, one one line on everything, and it's always the progressive, you know, lie. That that's, that's the only thing you're ever allowed to believe or express there, even though they claim they want diversity. So I would love for Miss Owens to come out and go to approach places like Harvard and say. I would like to be your keynote speaker for your next graduating class. And, of course, they would react with horror. And then I'd like, and then she could say, but where's the diversity of opinion here and the diversity of ideas? You don't have anybody who looks like me saying the things I'm saying. And I, I would love for her to, you know, put people on the spot like that because she's very good at it. Well, she did make statements on today's, uh, today's issue. Um I'm looking at it now, that uh, she said, what a great day for Asian Americans who have endured flagrant educational discrimination because they do everything right. Uh, So glad that you will finally get into the schools that you deserve to be based on the hard work that you put in. Affirmative action is over. 
Yeah, oh, I, I, no, I don't get me wrong. I know she's still, you know, she's out there putting stuff because that's what she does. I understand that. But I'm talking about, you know, before she got married and had a kid and everything, and she was just out there doing stuff. Like, uh, you know, I, I, if if she would go and film herself actually approaching these people and saying the exact same thing they said about the diversity and everything else, and then putting them right on the spot and saying, how about making me your next keynote speaker for your next graduating class? That's the kind of stuff she used to do, and I'd love to see her be able to do it again. But like I said, unfortunately, she is a mom now, so we we need somebody else to step up and fill her shoes because she's very good at what she did. Yeah, she'll be she'll be back doing that. I, I I've spoken at a couple of events with Candace. Um, you know, she's taking a break being a mom. She's making her priorities known, which which is what she should be doing and what should be a model to people who who follow yeah. her. Um, but you know, expect her to be back on on the circuit as soon as she she's uh, she moves on. This is just a temporary thing. She'll go back to doing what she does. But if not, you follow her on social media. You won't be disappointed. Well, I do. I follow her on Twitter, so I'll have to look that up because uh, I'm sure she put something out there. But uh, hey, thanks again for having me on, and uh, you have a great Fourth uh, of July weekend here. Thank you, Joe. Same to you. Uh, it's 5.30 here at WILK. Time for the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 5.35 here at the station. 81 degrees with that uh, that haze out there that's bad for your health. So, uh, you know, if you can limit time outside, if you can wear a mask or whatever you need to do to protect your lungs, do so. Put your air in your car on recirculation rather than taking some air from outside. And if you want to maybe run your, your air conditioners with your filters on at home, uh, do the same there. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's get to some phone calls here. We have uh, John from Freeland on Affirmative Action. John. Hey, how you doing, Rob? Good. You know, one of the things that I that, that, that we're not discussing is, you know, we discuss affirmative action, what's going to have on individual students, but we don't discuss what affirmative action has done to the university over the past several decades. And I've seen this change occur, sometimes slowly, sometimes rather quickly. In fact, over the past, I'd say, 15 years, it's actually speeded up. And what's happened is you have universities are now competing for numbers. It's all become a numbers game. You have first-tier universities who are like your Harvards. You have second-tier universities let's say Penn State, and then you have third-tier university, which is your community college. All of these uh, uh, universities are trying to increase the number of minority students they have. And in order to do that, many of them are lowering the standards. Now, once you get students in there, then that you have to keep them. You have to retain them, and you have to graduate them. And once you start realizing, like Harvard, for example, is having a problem, let's say, keeping students, what do they do? They have to go and they have to look at their courses and say, well, maybe the courses are a little too difficult. Maybe we should make them easier. Now you're talking about changing curriculum. That's going on in universities in order to accommodate students who are not prepared for college. Now, in terms of the competition for these students, a lot of times what will happen is you'll have a student who may do very well at Penn State but gets accepted at, let's say, Harvard, but yet they're not prepared for Harvard. 
So they go there. Now, can they make it? Are they going to be wasting their money? Are they going to be able to graduate? You know, all of this stuff starts to build up on universities, and they start to just look again at what can we do to retain a percentage of minority students. And, again, that begins to affect what, you know, how uh, the quality of the courses that these universities begin to offer. I don't know if you remember just a few uh, months ago, there was a professor who was relieved of his duties because minority students complained that his organic chemistry class was too difficult. Well, people have to realize is that the organic chemistry class that he taught was what's called a weed-out course. And a weed-out course is designed to be difficult because it basically says to any student who takes it, if you can't do this, if you can't pass this course, then you may want to reconsider your major. And that organic chemistry course was a weed-out course for pre-med. And the university decided to to opt with the students and say, yes, that is too difficult. We should do something to change that. Now, just think about that. You're now going to start letting in students into a pre-med major who maybe don't have the intellectual ability in order to actually pass and, you know, and, be, you know, and, and do the work to become a qualified physician. And this isn't based on, on demographics. This is based on weeding anyone out that can't handle that type of a, a educational program. And what people don't realize is a lot of your top majors, engineering for fact, you know, nursing, uh, and pre-med and chemistry and such like that, have these weed-out courses specifically in place to not waste their time and students' times to realize, hey, maybe this major isn't for you. And, and we've seen it time and time again. But what you said about lowering standards, not only are they just lowering standards in some circumstances, they're doing away with standards like, like doing away with the SAT altogether. And, and where schools like Harvard depend on their alumni, depend on the reputation of the type of students they put out there, this is going to be a death sentence to them because 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, as this continues down this road, they're not going to simply have the reputation that they have in their education. Hey, I, I'm a Harvard graduate will not hold the same weight as it does. No, and, it's, and, and you know what this does? This also takes us away from the core problem, and that is the public schools and the education that they're giving these kids or that they're not giving these kids because that's what we have to begin looking at these kids get rooked first of all when they're when they get their high school degree because you know they've been pushed through the system and then they get rooked again when they come into the universities who are more than glad to take their student loan you know, and then try to push them through again, and they graduate with a useless degree. No doubt. And, and, you know, I posted this on social media earlier today. Since academia is so concerned with the minority students, maybe they should take a look at the boondoggle of inner-city public school systems. We're going to have a leave it there, John. I appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you.
It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. It's time for traffic and weather. He's very knowledgeable. I yeah. like him very much. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. It looks like there's a wreck on 81 southbound right after Wilkesbury Bear Creek. That area is backing up. You are backed up southbound through the Scranton area with a wreck that they're still clearing up around the music exit. We also have slowing, severe slowing, 81 northbound from Waverly to Lenox because of an accident there. 80 West is all backed up in Bloomsburg as well due to road work. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nimi. Nikki. Nimi. <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. Uh, Jim, if you want to hold on the, the phone, I'll get to you as soon as we're back from the break. But here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, partly cloudy, smoky, hazy sky, low 60. Friday, hazy sunshine with rain and storms late in the day, high 87. Saturday, partly sunny with spotty showers and storms, high 82. Sunday, partly sunny with spotty showers and storms, high 83. It's currently 81 degrees with that haze outside at 543 here, your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 546. Um, you know, before I get to the phones, um, New York City Mayor Eric Adams had a town hall meeting in New York City today. And uh, actually, it was yesterday. I'm sorry. And uh, a woman in front of the town hall spoke to him, and she was passionate. She wasn't disrespectful. She wasn't cursing. She didn't. But she was pointing at him and, and speaking adamantly about the, whatever topic she was discussing. And uh, the mayor responded, well, like, like I know the mayor would, but... Um, some of the public are kind of surprised by his response. He, uh, as soon as the woman was done speaking, he said, I'm the mayor of this city and treat me with the respect that would deserve, uh, that would deserve to be treated. I'm speaking to you as an adult. Don't stand in front. Like you treat someone that you're a plantation owner. Uh, and again, that goes back and mayor Adams, as long as I've known him and I've known him for 30 years, has always been a race baiter, has always leaned on race as a crutch to propel him in one way or another. And to see him go there now is no different. But to call a woman who, again, is passionate about what she was speaking about, she was pointing her finger at him from the audience, uh, not in front of his face. She wasn't putting her finger in his face. She was in the audience. He was at a dais. And, um, you know, she's, she's demanding answers to whatever her issue was. He didn't like the tone that she was speaking to him. And, and I agree. If you want to say, hey, I'm the mayor of this city, you, you talk to me with a little respect when you want to address me, and I'll help you with your problem. But to throw out there, you know, insinuating the woman's talking to him at like a plantation owner just goes to show you the divide that's still in America. And this is not from the other side. That's from him as a black man in America. Uh, let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Jim from Wilkesbury on Affirmative Action. Jim. Yeah, I read about that woman. What uh, you neglected to mention, but I will. That woman fled Europe ahead of the Nazis with her parents and came to New York. So to call her a plantation owner, really? Disgraceful. Disgraceful. Absolutely yeah. is. But anyway, um, back to affirmative action. I honestly believe all these programs do more to hinder a race of people than they do to help. I mean, look, there's a group of people out there, a race of people, who have been persecuted for close to 2,000 years. Not long ago, they were cooking them down for soap. 
some may remember that we have the members of our community who fought in that particular war. No muss, no fuss. They went around, and in 75 years, they built one of the most prosperous nations on the face of the earth. I refer, of course, to the Jewish people. Here in this country, there have been cases of persecution, for example, by Al Sharpton, but they prosper. But, and they're not given handouts. They do it through work, education, intact families, and more work, lots of work. Every minority group that came to America had that had to overcome adversary. You look at the Irish, you look at the Italians, you look at the Polish, you look at the Germans. It's look look at the the Jews. It's just as simple as that. And and to say this, and you're you're 100 correct. Look at look at affirmative action. Look at all that's been put towards it, and has it really solved any problems? No. It's the people who who actually overcome themselves, that strive to be better themselves, that become successful. It's not affirmative action that's making them successful. It's them, themselves, who are saying enough's enough. I'm not living in, in perpetual victimhood, and I'm going to do better for myself. And, and that's the, how it should be across any spectrum. And here's one other thing. Every race, every group of people in the history of the world has been, on two occasions, either slaves or slaveholders. Every group, no exceptions. It's, it's just part of the human condition. I mean, you know, they like to point out slavery. Well, long before the transatlantic slave trade began, uh, folks from Africa, black Africans and Islam, was raiding the coast of Europe. They kidnapped and sold into slavery somewhere between a million to 1.5 million white Europeans. Where's the outrage there? It's it's not there. And, uh, you know, it's. It, I don't think today's decision is going to change a whole lot. I think it just changes the way things will be gone about. I th- what I suspect is going to happen is they will find other ways to skirt this. And you know something, Rob? Honestly, I don't care if they do these admissions based on race, on skin color. All I ask is, is that all other things be equal. There's, say, four people, white, black, Hispanic, Asian. As long as all the test scores are equal, if you want to admit based on race, I don't have a problem with that. But admitting people that are in, you know, they're skipping over people who are scoring in the top 90, 100% to admit people that are in the bottom 30 or 40%. That's insanity. I agree. I, I mean, I got a text message earlier today about uh, that they agreed with the affirmative action decision today. But what about veterans preference and saying that they were forced to hire people very less qualified because of veter- veterans preference? And I said the same thing. No, I don't believe that's right. I think that people with the same the same qualifications, yes, a veteran should get preference. But someone with lower qualifications, simply because you're a veteran, doesn't mean you should get those preference. And it's the same for any minority group. And, and I agree 100 percent. Yes. If you want diversity and you have two individuals in front of you that are very similar, admit who you want. And that's, that's where the, 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 uh, the ability to, to get into these programs, that's where uh, you don't look at uh, the uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
Equity. Equity. Uh, yeah, it's equity. It's equality is where we should be at, not equity. And we've we've exactly. got a society focused on equity now, and that's what's destroying the end product, which are people who are not uh, equipped to go into the workforce, not people who are not equipped to deal with the types of programs they're dealing with. And, and that's not the way it should be. Everyone had should have the equal opportunity. Equity is something that's bad for this nation. Well, here's another example. The very first affirmative action doctor was later had his medical license stripped and was prosecuted for malpractice. And, very first and, and, one. Uh, and I'm sure there's cases out there and, and, you know, there's people, and, and I know people who have gotten in, who have benefited from affirmative action, who have flourished. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that, that, you know, but they didn't need that, to flourish. They had that in them already and they were already applying. Maybe they couldn't have got into that school lot. They couldn't have got into that Harvard. They couldn't have got into that Brown, that Yale, that that Lehigh or or um or schools of that that nature. But they would have went to a Penn State. They would have went to a Clemson. They would have went to a University of Alabama and did very well and it's it's just as successful. Um it's just this is a good step in the right direction and like like I said earlier uh, Sandra Day O'Connor predicted this 25 years ago, and it's almost exactly 25 years. Jim, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Jim. Have a great weekend. Uh, it's, uh, just some breaking news now. It looks like Geraldo Rivera has been fired from the Five program on Fox News, and he just posted that he's quitting Fox because of that. After 25 years at Fox, uh, today's my last day. So, uh, you know, he was released from The Five, a show that he sat in from from time to time, and he said because of that he is quitting Fox altogether. And that's from Geraldo Rivera, just posted two hours ago on his Twitter page. It's 5.55 here at WILK News Radio. We'll be back with The Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to The Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Um, As I've said before, on Monday... July 3rd, I will be broadcasting live from uh, downtown Scranton for the Lackawanna County Scrantastic Spectacular. So come down and see me from 3 to 6 down there, the normal show hours. Lehigh Valley Hospital, Dixon City presents the Lackawanna County Scranton Spectacular, Scrantastic Spectacular, Monday, July 3rd, Courthouse Square in Scranton. Event kicks off at 4 o'clock. Food trucks, vendors line the square, local bands on the side stage, 5 to 7.45. You heard one of those artists on Nikki's show uh, yesterday. Uh, sponsored by Scranton Recycling. There's, there'll be a Kid Zones, Games, Bouncy Houses, the Northeast Pennsylvania Philharmonic, which is always um, outstanding. And you'll have fireworks at 930, sponsored in part by Ulema. And, and the entire thing is sponsored by Scranton Tomorrow, the Scranton, the Lackawanna County Commissioners, City of Scranton, and Odyssey. You can get details at WILKradio.com, newsradio.com. And uh, hope to see you there on uh, Monday. Again, I'll be here tomorrow, so uh, come back and join us again. This is the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. God bless, be safe, and we'll see you tomorrow.